When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf and you're listening to my podcast, Cleaning Up the Mental Mess. We I share scientific and simple tips and strategies to help you clean up your mind and life. In today's podcast, I'm going to talk about New Year's resolutions may seem great on the surface, but they can also be a form of toxic positivity. And how can we avoid that and make good New Year's resolutions that we'll actually achieve and that will actually make the behavior changes that we want to make in our life? I mean, what's the whole point of New Year's resolutions is to make positive forward-moving changes in our lives, things that are worrying us, that we want to be different. But before we begin, I want to remind you that you can now pre-order my new book, Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess, which will be out really soon. I'm so excited about this book. March 2nd, it will be out. And when you pre-order your copy, you'll get access to all these great bonuses, like exclusive chapters for kids, a science chapter, a book club, a workbook, the book clubs with me. So just... Just go to cleaningupyourmentalmess.com and and order, and there'll also be international buying options available there. So that's cleaningupyourmentalmess.com. The link will also be in the show notes. This is really a highlight book for me. I'm super excited about this because it's all my research and clinical experience from years and my most recent clinical trials, all of this stuff updated to give you the latest mind management, scientific mind management techniques, specifically the concept of the neurocycle and how to apply it. And I'm going to talk about that and help you start neurocycling into the new year. So, on to today's episode. As I already said, New Year's resolutions may seem great on the surface, but they can also be a form of toxic positivity. As I'm sure you already know by now, when we fail to keep a resolution, which often happens, in fact it happens more often than not, we can really feel bad about it. We may experience shame because we often think that there must be something wrong with us. Why can't we stick to our New Year's resolutions? Why do we keep starting each year with all the same kind of resolutions and we do them for a bit and then we just stop? And people start feeling maybe some shame that they couldn't stick to them. And, you know, you always see this like in the gyms at the beginning of the year, all the classes are full and, you know, and suddenly then it peters off as the months move along and as the days move along. And it can make you feel really bad. And you may feel like you're a failure at all this life stuff and that you'll just kind of never get it together. But that's not the case at all. First up, it's actually okay not to keep a resolution. Sometimes we make resolutions that we think are what we understand we need, but as we actually unpack them and begin to do them, we see that's not really, it's like that's too big, I need to break it into something smaller, or I don't need to go in that direction now, maybe in a few months time, but I need to do something else. So when we set a resolution, don't like 
It's not cast in stone. Be open-minded about it and be open-minded to changing your resolution. So instead of seeing yourself as, oh, I failed at that resolution, see yourself as saying, okay, that didn't work so well, so I'm going to try something else. See, there's nothing wrong with you if you can't keep a resolution, but don't just say, oh, I can't do it and give up and I'm a failure. Say, okay, I haven't been able to keep this resolution. Why? And analyze it. Why? Break it down. Why you didn't couldn't keep to that resolution and what are the other possibilities that you could do instead? So it's having a possibilities mindset instead of a toxic positivity mindset. The possibilities are endless. I'm going to shoot for that and I think that's what I need to work on, but I'm open-minded to not feeling I'm a failure, but to making necessary changes if I as I'm going along. Okay? So It's actually quite also we need to bear in mind when it comes to making changes in our life and which is so linked to New Year's resolutions. It's it's the desire for us to improve ourselves and to make changes. It's actually quite difficult, however, to build a new habit, to build a new mental habit. And if you don't build it into a habit, it's not going to change anything. Building it into a mental habit, that's going to lead to a change in lifestyle. So it's the foundation. Changing a mental habit is a foundation of a lifestyle change. Now, there's so much incorrect information around that or misunderstanding around how do you build a mental habit. Everyone knows that habits are the things that drive behavior change. Everyone knows habits take time, but most people don't fully understand the the real time that's involved. And that's something that I have researched quite extensively. I've put the information into my new book, Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess. It's also in my app called Switch, which will soon be changed in name to the NeuroCycle app, but I'll tell you more about that as we're going along. But let's talk about this concept of time, the time that is involved in building a mental habit that is going to be a sustainable foundation for the lifestyle change that you're desiring in the actual concept of setting up a New Year's resolution. Okay, first off, you may have heard me say this before. If you haven't, it's really worth hearing what I'm about to tell you. And if you have heard it before, you can't hear this enough. And that's the following. It's an absolute myth that it takes 21 days to build a habit. It doesn't. That's just not enough time. It's also a myth that people even stick to the 21 days. Most people, if they don't understand this concept of time and building mental habits, will give up around day four and day five. Did you ever wonder why two people can be exposed to the same viruses and yet only one gets sick? You might have guessed it has to do with immunity, and you'd be right. But where does immunity get its power from? The difference is usually that the person who stays well has stronger gut health. In fact, over 70% of your immunity is created in your gut. A healthy diet, proper exercise, vitamin C, zinc, and other minerals will help. But there's also something you can add to your morning routine that will completely transform your immunity and protect you. And it tastes amazing. The product I want to introduce you to is called Leaky Gut Guardian from BioOptimizers. And you might be thinking, do I even have a leaky gut? But studies show that nearly everyone has at least a mild form. And even if you don't, this product does more than just help with this one condition. Simply start your morning by adding one scoop of it to your favorite beverage like a coffee, smoothie, or even just a simple glass of water. It mixes well, tastes delicious, seriously, and you'll be feeding your gut with powerful prebiotics and probiotics. 
power up your immunity today and try Leaky Gut Guardian risk-free by visiting biooptimizers.com forward slash Dr. Leaf and use Dr. Leaf 10 to receive 10% off any order. You have a 365-day money-back guarantee. That's biooptimizers.com forward slash Dr. Leaf. The link and offer details will be in the show notes. This is the reason why that people give up around day four and day five. When you start, when you make a resolution and you start with that resolution on like the 1st of January or whatever day you started, then you get this burst of, of endorphins and, and encephalins and, and dopamine and serotonin and, and nandamide, which is a bliss molecule. And you get all this great energy in your brain. So your whole brain and body respond to this, this decision to make a behavior change and you feel incredibly motivated. Then you start doing it and around day four and day five, those emotions the chemicals basically in your brain start subsiding and those chemicals are have been released in response to the emotion attached to the motivation of, of setting the new year's resolution as they subside you don't really feel it anymore so you don't feel that excitement as much the excitement's worn off and by the time you've hit sort of that that five six seven day period if you don't if you're not aware that the emotion is going to draw off a drop off and you won't feel as excited that's when most people will give up so if you know this now, when you hit that four or five day mark, don't give up because that's quite normal. It's just the emotions, the chemicals basically subsiding because your neurochemicals have to work on cycles of tension and release and they can't be at that high state for, for long. So you've got to kind of shift to the next phase, which is putting in a little bit more work. So between day five and day seven can be quite difficult days to sustain a new way of, of thinking or new habit that you're trying to build or a new mindset that you're trying to establish, which is all pretty much habits you're trying to build to make behavior change in your life. So between day five and day seven, it can be quite hard, but persist through because you'll start feeling changes at day seven. You will start feeling other major changes at day 14 because major brain changes are happening as you drive this through your mind, this action, as you keep doing it every day, if you stick to it every day, Day you practice doing it. By day seven, there's major brain changes. By day 14, there's major brain changes. And by day 21, we get what we call a gamma peak in the brain, which is which shows that neuroplasticity has taken place, which shows that brain change has taken place that is now quite stable. So it takes up to 21 days to physically wire that new habit into the brain, into these little things made of proteins. Literally little trees. You've heard me talk about thought trees many times, but you literally are changing the structure of the brain. You're growing little branches to hold this information. So each day as you practice the New Year's resolution, working towards day 21, by day 21, you've built a nice little tree that the proteins are self-sustainable, which means you built a long-term memory, but it's not a habit yet. It's like when you first grow a plant and it just appears above the ground and it's and it's going to eventually be a nice big strong plant, but it's pretty weak at first. Same principle. So you've got to keep watering it and so on to make it grow and get stronger. That's the same thing that we need to do with our habit. So after 21 days, you do a lot of work in the first 21 days to, to build that, that habit, to get that gamma peak in the brain, which shows neuroplasticity has taken place, which means you physically change a structure into sustainable new structure in the brain. But then to make sure it grows and gets enough energy to affect behavior change. In other words, for the, the new diet, the new way of eating, the new exercise, to, to sustain that, to sustain whatever emotional thing that you're working on, or maybe it's like you're going to be practicing not reacting or being so overreactive or getting snappy or whatever it may be, in order for it to not just sink back into our non-conscious mind and sink into the depths of our non-conscious mind and become a little structure in our brain that is there, but not usable. In order to make it usable, 
you have to now practice using it consciously and deliberately for another 42 days. So if you add that 21 plus 42, it's 63. So you need 63 days to build a habit, which is around nine weeks. So if you think of it, if there's 12 months in the year and you do the math, you can work on around about five things in a year. And you may think, that's so few. That's that's not a lot. That's But it is a lot because to, if you choose five, and that's what I would recommend you do, is you take five major things that you want to change in, in your year. Maybe it's all physical, maybe it's all just emotional, or maybe it's a mixture. I don't know. It's There's no rules for that. But take five goals. I take five goals a year. And they may be like my goals this year. I'm working on improving my neuroplasticity. I'm working on improving, working on not trying to fix everyone. And I've got various different things that I'm working on, but I'm working on five different things. Okay. So I am going to work on one of those each nine weeks. So by 12 months time, I would have changed these five major areas in my life that I've identified as being areas that need work in my life and that are actually been, have been a bit of a roadblock. And I've taken each of those five and I've put them through in the planning of finding the five I did in Neurocycle and then in take, then I've taken each one and I've done a Neurocycle on each one to find the more specific goals and into that, and, and I'm going to show you how to do this in a moment, and into that I've also built, I'm approaching it with a possibilities mindset in that even though I've got these five and each I've broken down into very, into smaller little steps and I've also kept my mind very open to the possibility that the one of the five five major ones will shift or the way that I think I should be achieving it may shift. So I don't see any change that I may have to make as a failure. I see it as I learned something that didn't work and I need to find something else that does work. And this is all written down. I've actually put this into my Switch app. I've used my Switch app to help me do this. And the principles that I'm explaining briefly now are in my Switch app, which you can get at Google and iTunes. It's called Switch, S-W-I-T-C-H. And it's also in my new book. So you can pre-order the new book and get all this information. And this the neurocycle that I'm talking about are the five steps that you do for anything in life, for dealing with trauma, for dealing with toxicity, for dealing with breaking down a bad habit, building up a new habit for dealing with life, daily life issues. And I also use the neurocycle to identify what I want to work on. And I use the neurocycle, which are these five steps of how you use your mind to change your brain to identify how I'm going to do each one. So it's basically a way of thinking. Neurocycling is a way of thinking that you are using your mind to, to change your mind and drive your mind in the right direction so that you change your brain in the right direction. So you're influencing the neuroplasticity in your brain. You're building what you want into your brain. you taking control. So you learn to be a responder, not a reactor. So the how-to of all of that is in this book, Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess, and in the Switch app, which Switch app is available now. And very soon we'll be changing the name to the NeuroCycle app. And we've got a whole lot of fantastic new things that we're adding to that as well. So if you get the Switch app now, when the NeuroCycle new version comes out, you'll you'll be getting access to that as well. Okay, so everything I'm saying, I'm not just throwing out there, I'm giving you the broad picture, but I'm giving you the, the materials that you can immediately get to help you to find those resolutions that are the right ones and then help you actually put it into practice. So as I said, that it just remember the fact that it doesn't take 21 days to build a habit, it takes 63, okay? And that's really important to remember because it's so easy to give up. As I said, at day five, a lot of people will give up. In fact, and the majority of people will give up at somewhere between day five and day 21. So I'm telling you there's keys to how to move beyond that point. It's really important in this process not to shame yourself, okay, Into in for not keeping a New Year's resolution. I just want to, you know, motivate you a little bit, okay? Indeed, it's actually, this is, this is toxic positivity. 
And it's such an issue in our society today. We're not designed to just feel good and transform into this perfect being in like this through these New Year's resolutions and and think that as I say something positive, like a, or think a positive affirmation or say a positive affirmation or do one good thing or or create my New Year's resolution and I'm going to just now transform into this happy being. Life is messy and being human is messy and New Year's resolutions are a kind of our way as humans of trying to, to, to declutter the mess, to clean up the mental mess. So it's really good to have goals, but we need to make sure New Year's resolutions. And it's a sign because it's such a popular thing globally and amongst humans that it's obviously deep down quite instinctive for us to want to improve. So let's take advantage of that, but recognize this improvement is messy. Because being human is messy and you can have all these great plans in place, but life throws things at you that you can't, you know, that we just don't know what's going to happen. You know, you've heard me say so often that we can't control the events and circumstances of life, but we can control how we react. So honestly, one of my major goals every year, it's like my first New Year's resolution, is to train myself to be a responder and not a reactor, to be very, very self-regulated. Every year I work on that because that the mind is malleable and the brain is malleable. You're not hardwired to just stay the same. You're changing all the time. So you may as well direct that change, but you also need to accept in the directing that change that you know, you can get, it gets messy. And it's also so normal to fail at times, but to never see failure as like shame or guilt or whatever, to see failure as something that you can learn from. And I know we say that and it's cheesy, but seriously, you have to kind of almost force yourself to think in that way. In fact, you may, one of your New Year's resolutions may be to actually work on not seeing failure as fatal, but seeing failure as linked to success, seeing failure in a completely reconceptualized light, that if you fail at something, it's not a bad thing. It's actually now you know what doesn't work. I mean, that's so different. Instead of, oh, no, I didn't do it. I've messed up again. Instead of saying that, you say, okay, well, that didn't work. I know that doesn't work. So how can I shift this? What shall I do now? So it becomes this curious, exciting process as opposed to this condemning, shaming process. And it's very easy in our current climate with all the wellness movement and so on, which has got always, everything's always got good and goods and bads or positives and negatives. It's very easy to think, oh, I didn't manage to achieve my, my goals and to be influenced by other people's goals in setting your own goals. I prefer to save New Year's resolutions. So you just got to be careful of that. Okay. So embrace the messiness because in the messiness, you will learn. It may be that one of your New Year's resolutions is just to be able to be a better communicator or to face that you have been feeling really depressed and you need to do something about it. And it doesn't have to just be get a good body, eat a diet, good diet, you know, drink more, drink more water, go deeper with it. Go deeper to change behaviors. Okay. Is one of your 2021 New Year's resolutions to read more? Well, I've got an amazing hack to help you achieve your goal 10 times over. It's an app called Blinkist and it's one of my favorite apps ever. Why? Blinkist takes the best key takeaways, the need to know information from thousands of nonfiction books and condenses them down into just 15 minutes that you can read or listen to. Blinkist is made for busy people like you who want to get the main points of a book quickly so you can start using that information right away. And with its audio feature, Blinkist makes it easy to finish a book during your commute, on your lunch break, or while you exercise. Eight million people are using Blinkist right now and it has a massive and growing library from self-help, business, health to history books. 
Blinkist has the latest titles from the bestsellers list, as well as the classic non-fiction titles you always meant to read but never had time to. With Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed non-fiction books, all the books you want, and all for one low price. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Blinkist.com slash Dr. Leap to start your free seven-day trial. And you'll also save 25% off, but only when you sign up at Blinkist.com slash Dr. Leaf. So another thing to remember is that we're not meant to be happy all the time. In my clinical practice, my travels, my research, I have often observed that many people equate individual happiness and completing some checklist of good activities with the good life and pursue it as an end goal. So kind of thinking, well, if I do these New Year's resolutions and maybe you do 10 or 20 and I'm recommending stick with five and break them down into sub-resolutions, but people will say to themselves, if I do these, then I will be happy. And until then, I'm not happy. And then you get to those and you realize, oh, I don't feel that constant sense of joy. We really do need to rethink what happiness is. We should rather be going for mental peace, for growth, for sustainable growth and mental peace. And I'm not saying not be happy, but don't expect to be happy all the time. Very often I explain this in the following way. Think of life as being this number line and there's a zero in the middle. And it goes from 1 to 10 on this side, and it goes from minus 1 to minus 10 on that side. And imagine a bell curve over that, and the bell curve runs around the numbers of minus 4 to plus 4. And the negative numbers are the ones where we are you know, not feeling that constant sense of happiness, where there's messiness, where we maybe feel a bit down or a bit depressed or a bit anxious or a bit worried or a bit frustrated. And then the positive numbers represent the more positive things, like feeling excited or happy or one of those kind of emotions. So most of us are hovering around in any one day, the minus four to plus four, and that's normal. So you'll have periods in your day where you feel great and periods in your day where you don't feel so great. And maybe it's a minus two, then it's a plus three, then it's a minus four, then it's a plus one. That's really normal. Get your head around that concept that it's okay to go up and down. Also, see in that going up and down, the anxiety or the toxic stress or the depression or the feeling worried. See those so-called negative emotions. It's not as fixed things in your brain, neuropsychiatric things. See them as warning signals, responses that you're having to what is going on in your life at that moment. So don't say, oh no, goodness, I'm clinically depressed. There's something wrong with my brain. And getting don't get stuck in that. See that as, okay, I'm feeling really depressed today. And I've been feeling really depressed for three or four days. In fact, I think I'm down at the minus eight at the moment. Embrace that. See it as helpful and see that as a message. It's a warning signal telling you that there's something going on in your life that you need to address. And that I talk about in depth in my book, Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess. And in my Switch app, I actually walk you through the therapeutic five-step process where I'm literally giving you therapy on how to look and at embracing these these emotional warning and physical warning signals, embracing them and transforming them, reconceptualizing them into finding out the root and then how can you move forward through them. Bearing in mind that the only way out is to go through. So the neurocycle helps you to identify and go through and reconceptualize. So it's good to be happy, but that is not all life is. And it's perfectly okay to experience other emotions like sadness and grief. Our Western society doesn't say it's okay. But actually research shows that the more you see sadness and grief and those kind of things as helpful, as, as helpful instead of something that's bad, you are going to, it's going to shift your perspective. So that could be a New Year's resolution. Maybe you've been constantly looking at things like sadness and grief and depression and the emotions you feel as bad 
had. I've got to suppress them. I've got to get rid of them, which I wouldn't blame you if you have been feeling that because that is the message of the wellness industry. It is the message of positive psychology. It is the message of psychiatry that, oh, you're feeling depressed for three days in a row. You clinical depression, labeled, something's wrong with you, you're sick. That's a scary message, but it's not the truth. You're just being a human and you are experiencing life and you're responding to life. So you may have to make your New Year's resolution to shift your perspective to this different view that seeing these emotions not as negative, bad things that you've got to get rid of, but as something that is telling you something, a messenger, helpful, face them, embrace them, pull them up, dig dig down to find out what's behind them. Also, learning from these experiences helps us to recognize that we can't control everything and that's okay. We don't, we can't control everything. We need to learn from our experiences. We need to take each experience we have and find out the lesson in that experience. And that sometimes is a, in itself is a New Year's resolution because we're not always wanting to learn from our experiences. We don't want to talk about that. Oh, I've had it. I don't want to talk about it. It's over. It was a bad relationship. It was a bad discussion. It was, no, that's not the attitude. Yes, I felt awful. Yes, it was really hard having that discussion with, with, with a group of people or family members and dealing with these uncomfortable things. And yes, it felt awful for two or three days. But what did you learn? Embrace that messiness. It's okay to feel unhappy and move on. Okay, This is how we grow and mature as human beings. And isn't that what New Year's resolutions are about? Aren't we trying to grow and mature as human beings? So it's okay to feel sad or down. These emotions are signals that we actually need to listen to and not suppress or cover cover with a band-aid of happiness or trying to trick our mind into thinking a new thought. You can't plant a new tree on top of an old one. You can only pull out the old one and grow a new one with the old being incorporated as lessons learned. This is the Kintsugi principle where a vase shatters. You don't just sweep the, the pieces of the vase away. It's a Japanese principle. You actually rebuild the vase with with gold lacquer. So there's this beautiful new reconceptualized life or part of your life that is now this beautiful new vase. So we keep building new vases in our life, vases, vases, in in this Kintsugi principle. Nothing's ever going to be the same. You're never the same. This is something that you need to really process. Every moment of every day, you're experiencing life and your brain is changing and every memory is changing. You're never the same. You're not the same now as you were five minutes ago. So you can direct that change. You need to accept we're always changing. We need to stop hankering after going back to what we were like or what would have been like if we didn't go through. We can take whatever we've gone through and we can make it work for us and not against us. We can build this beautiful vase and look at all those lessons. Another way of seeing it is that when you renovate a house, let's say that you buy a really awful old ugly house and it's filled with mold and it's disgusting and your goal is to bash that down, but you take lots of photos of the ugly old house, you get this new design, you bash that house down, and well, you get a team to do it, and then you rebuild a beautiful new house. And at the end of the day, there's this beautiful new space, but you remember how it was, but you've, and you built it in the same place, but it's reconceptualized. And the, the old has now been incorporated into the new, but in a very healthy way. So in my most recent clinical trials that I did last year, I was showing that when you use the neurocycle, when you use these five steps, when you do the things that I'm telling you about in this podcast and that I talk about all the time, you can actually get your mind under control and you can improve the way that you manage your mind by up to 81%. And not only are you doing that, but you then change your physical because what you do with your mind 
influences brain health and what you do with your mind and brain health influences body health. So we'll we'll see improvements in your immune system, in your cardiovascular system, in your how your HPA axis, your stress axis is functioning. You know, you could start in, even improving the little muscles that control the blood vessels that actually influence how much blood is going to flow through your body, your heart rate, all these things. You have a lot of influence over those, even over your immune system, all these kinds of things by when you're managing your mind properly. So that's why I'm saying New Year's resolutions should be very mind management driven, you know, managing your mind to manage all these, these things that you want to change in your life. In my research, I actually demonstrated that when you embrace negative emotions as warning signals and you find the underlying causes, the root, the origin story, and then you manage this by processing and reconceptualizing your thinking, it results in a significant improvement in body inflammation, cellular health, biological aging. Biological aging, that's big. I mean, your, your body can, your body cells can age quicker than your actual age if you don't manage your mind. But by managing your mind, you keep your body young and healthy which is amazing. So our bodies can get older than our actual age if we don't manage our mind. So when we do this this kind of mind management I'm talking about to the neurocycle in your in your goals this year, it also empowers you to feel in control of your minds. And this can increase feelings of autonomy and, and you feel empowered over your mental health. And that that is really a huge thing. So feeling bad is not unhealthy if you learn how to manage your thinking. So if New Year's resolutions and positive affirmations are used alone as a type of band-aid, to a problem or mental health issue, they can actually cause way more harm than good. Failing to live up to impossible expectations can invalidate your actual very human experiences by telling us that you just cover up your pain with a positive affirmation, cover up your sorrow, cover up your anger with phrases like, be grateful, try to be positive, say five positive things, or actions like starting a new diet or an exercise routine. They're not deep enough. That's what I'm trying to say to you. You you essentially can gaslight your own feelings and experiences by not getting deep enough. I would rather you do less than more. And I'd rather you take even one thing and go super deep with that in this year. And that will be a massive achievement. Do you want to know a super easy mental health tip to help boost your mood? A good outfit. I'm sure you've had those moments where your outfit is so comfy but so stylish and on point that you just feel like a million bucks. Well, that's how I feel whenever I wear anything from Jenny Kane. Jenny Kane believes that getting dressed should be the easiest part of your routine. With polished basics that will never go out of style, they make everyday moments a breeze. They have curated staples for looking and feeling your best no matter your mood or destination. Jenny Kane is my go-to shopping destination for all things cozy and classic. Pieces that will keep me smiling, well past spring, and if we've been honest, for years to come. Find your forever pieces at JennyKane.com and get 15% off your first order when you use the code DrLeaf at checkout. That's J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E dot com promo code DrLeaf. The link will be in the show notes. Thinking we need to feel or act in a certain way all the time tends to promote the idea that to be better, you have to focus on the self as an individual and on your happiness, and it's only part of the picture. Because you're not alone. It's not about you. It's about you in the world as part of a community. We do need to take the time to manage our minds and our own health and work on ourselves, of course, both mentally and physically. I teach that all the time. But this is not the only thing because the goal is you have an impact in life. So a me research actually shows that having a me, myself and I mentality distorts our perspectives and values, 
impacting the way we see and interact with those around us and setting us up for negative feedback loops in the brain that affect our overall health and well-being. Some research even shows that by just talking and thinking me, myself and I only without seeing the impact we can have in society and being aware that we're part of society and that we need to help others and reach out and 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 give what we can to society and, and, and helping others. If we just think about me, myself, and I, my goals, my resolutions, I, 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 we actually increase our chance of cardiovascular heart issues by up to 42% in the next 12 months. Please, over the next 12 months, don't just think me, myself, and I and your resolutions. Think, how can I improve myself so that I can be more involved in helping other people in their lives? And how can I make a difference in community? At the end of the day, saying a positive affirmation or making a New Year's resolution or decision to change your lifestyle is only one part of the picture of doing life well. If you rely on these alone, you'll be missing fundamental steps that will make your change and healing sustainable. So no amount of positive affirmations can change you if you don't believe them. So in fact, if deep down you believe something very different to what you're saying to yourself or what you've written down in your New Year's resolutions or what you're telling others, And this will create cognitive dissonance in the brain and the body. And that will affect your mental and physical health in the ways I've been saying. When we live a lie, we become disintegrated mentally and emotionally, which has physical repercussions in the brain and body. This year for your New Year's resolutions, don't live a lie. Okay, what is it that you really need to work on? It's not about impressing others. It's about what do you need to change how you function and how you function in community. So true lasting healing comes from changing your mind on this deeper level, not just superficially. And the only way we can truly do this is by making mind management and self-regulation a lifestyle, as I discuss in my upcoming book. And then I have a great book, 101 Ways to Be Less Stressed, which has got fun, short little reminders on how to do this. And this is why I do this research. I have researched over 38 years the best way to harness the brain's ability to change through directed mind action, okay? And I've done this over three decades. During this time, as I said, I developed this neurocycle. And these five steps very quickly in, of the neurocycle that you can use, in, as I said, for dealing with toxic trauma, for dealing with toxic habits, for finding your New Year's resolutions, for making your New Year's resolutions happen, for dealing with day-to-day stuff. These five steps are simple but scientific and Heavy, heavy 38 years of heavy, deep research to help you. And I'm saying this because I'm not just giving you five steps to that are woo-woo things. This stuff is solid science. That when you do this, you are changing your brain. And my most recent clinical trials are really going to this in depth. And I include that information in my book as well, in my new book that you can pre-order. So we need to force our brain to go through sort of stages. And these five steps are how we use our mind to direct these five stages of neuroplasticity. So the first thing is we need to become aware of what we are, our physical and emotional warning signals and our behaviors. What are you feeling in your mind and your body? What are you saying and doing? And then you need to reflect on that deeply. You need to do this mental autopsy. You need to pull it apart. We need to write. You hear about this all the time, but there's so many important things that happen scientifically in your brain when you write. The most basic being that you're putting your brain on paper and you are able to then deep, dig down deep into the wisdom of the unconscious mind. And then you need to recheck what you've written because you're going deeper and deeper and deeper. As you write, changes are happening in your brain. So as you gather, changes are happening. As you reflect, changes are happening. As you write, changes are happening. Major, taking you deeper and deeper and deeper into the non-conscious mind, which is the wisest part of you and where your memories are stored. And rechecking helps you find patterns and triggers and helps you to start reconceptualizing and pulling the shattered pieces together and putting it together and putting in the gold lacquer. And the active reach is the action to keep you anchored in a sustainable place. 
And that's kind of where, when you've done all the other stuff, you can pop in a positive affirmation because it's now got a root. It's now got a foundation. And you don't just slap it on as a band-aid. You actually, that active, that little positive affirmation or New Year's resolution action is a, is an, is an anchor to keep you in a safe mental space. Okay, so you can use these in so many different ways. You can use the Switch app in download immediately to help you get into this, to help you. And you've, and as I said, you can pre-order the book. So here's an example, very, very broad example of how you could use these five steps just quickly now to help you start deciding what are your new resolution, New Year's resolutions for this year. I know you've probably made them. I mean, we already, we're already well into the second week of January, but it's okay. Remember, you can always change, have a possibilities mindset. So if you haven't done your New Year's resolutions or you don't like what you've done, just be open-minded to what I'm saying in this podcast. And I mean, this is, doesn't, this also doesn't just have to happen now or in January or if January's finished, you think, well, this doesn't apply. You can do this anytime, anywhere. Okay, so if you start it now, if you decide to change it and start this again next month, that's okay. The point is that you want to try and improve. And here is a hard and fast scientific, here's a scientifically proven way to help you to organize your mind to make the changes you need to make, which is essentially what the neurocycle is. So here's a very broad use of the neurocycle. The first thing is that you can gather awareness of what you want to change. So really start you know, thinking about sit down and start gathering awareness and embrace what do I want to change, even if it's or stuff you don't want to face, face it, embrace it. So, and as you do this, tune into your emotional and physical warning signals. So maybe your heart starts beating faster and you start feeling a little anxious because you just know you need to work on something, but it's really hard to face it. That's the kind of thing you want to grab. You want to grab that and you want to reflect on that. Okay, why do I need to change this? What is this doing in my life? How is it affecting my relationships, my growth emotionally? What's it doing? And you start asking yourself and answering and discussing with yourself. And then write that down. Capture those thoughts, which takes you deeper. As you write, you create genetic changes in your brain. You influence genetic switches in your brain. And you start literally taking out of your brain what you didn't even know was there. Writing, when you do writing like this, it really does show you stuff that you didn't weren't aware of. And then you, once you've written it down, look at what you've written. It's an eye-opener. Sometimes you just write this whole jumbly mess down and the, when you do your fourth step, which is the recheck, you're looking back and you at what you've written and looking for the patterns and the triggers. So when you recheck, you're kind of doing this mental autopsy. Here are a couple of questions to guide you as you do your recheck. Are your New Year's resolutions the same as last year? If so, why? What were last year's resolutions? Is there a pattern to what you're trying to do each year? What is this pattern? Why? Look even deeper and see if you can find one resolution that you're going to work on, as I've mentioned already, and break it into smaller things. And then see if there's maybe four others. So try and maybe get five, as I mentioned. And the the reason I'm saying five is that if you look at how many weeks there are in the year, and it takes 63 days to break down a toxic habit and build up a new one or find that trauma and change it or build a new eating habit or whatever, whatever it is you're working on, you're going to have to do the five steps daily for 63 days to make that change. So if you find five things over nine, and each thing is going to take nine weeks to be changed, so it's going to take nine weeks for each of your resolutions to come to fruition and create the behavior change you want in your life that's sustainable, that you'll keep doing and not have to redo next year, then 
five 63-day cycles fits into that 12-month period. If you do four, that's fine. If you don't do all five, remember, no guilt, no shame. Okay, and then the fifth step is the active reach. Write down exactly how you're going to achieve. What are the action steps? What's the action plan that is realistic that will help you achieve these little goals or these these big goals, small goals, New Year's resolutions, whatever you want to call them. So to help you with this, as I've mentioned throughout, you can get my book, pre-order my book, Cleaning Up the Mental Mess. And if you want help immediately, download the Switch app and it'll help you get into the new year, doing it properly, finding what you really need to change and then grouping those into five little areas and working on each area over nine weeks. Thank you so much for listening. I hope this podcast has helped you and I know that you are going to have a wonderful year. I am really looking forward to hearing about the New Year's resolutions that you are choosing to make and hearing more about how you're going and how it's working for you. Thanks so much for joining me. I hope you found today's podcast interesting and helpful. If you want more tips and help with managing anxiety, depression, and mental health, be sure to visit my website at drleaf.com and to sign up for my weekly newsletter where I also include a schedule of my speaking events and so much more. And follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just look for Dr. Caroline Leaf. Also, I love seeing all your posts on social media about this podcast. I love seeing what resonates with you and what you've learned. So be sure to continue posting and tagging me and letting me know what you think and how these tips worked out for you. And don't forget, leave a review and keep spreading the word about this podcast. Thank you for joining me today. I really hope you learned something new and helpful. Till then, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf. This podcast represents the opinions of myself and my guests. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for educational and informational purposes only. Please consult your healthcare professional for any individual medical questions you may have. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions or corrections of errors.